Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet journalist Meredith Toulousen, editor and producer Susan Burton, and book critic Gail Caldwell. These authors have each written nuanced and highly personal memoirs about the experiences that continue to shape their lives. Listen in to hear what it was like for them to record their audiobooks. Plus, find out how mispronouncing a word during recording led one author to examine her relationship to that very word itself. Enjoy. My name is Meredith Toulousen. I wrote Fairest, a memoir. This memoir is the story of essentially my coming of age as an immigrant in America, as an albino person, as a trans person. And I was inspired to write it mainly because I just felt like so many writings about trans people try to put us in you know, just kind of like a single box and try to define trajectories for us that people would find acceptable and respectable. And I wanted to tell my story for myself. I wanted to tune out the world and tell myself this is, these were what I was thinking about at that really pivotal moment in my life. And I wanted to render it in book form. And thankfully, I have the opportunity to do that. If I had to describe the experience of recording this memoir at a time when the world is experiencing this pandemic, especially, I would say that the experience has been really intense for various reasons. It's, you know, it's intense because of the moment, but it's also intense because it requires me to somehow, you know, embody the perspective of all of these other characters in my book, you know, people who I love and have loved and have had, you know, like really intense relationships with, but have also had various conflicts with, various heartbreaks. And so it's been a really intense experience reliving those moments and literally impersonating them as I'm narrating my own story. There are many words that I didn't realize I didn't know how to pronounce or that I pronounced incorrectly, or at least incorrectly from, you know, kind of like standard American English. But I had a really hard time with the word rattan because in Tagalog, it's rattan, right? But both rattan and rattan sound very, very weird to me. So when we recorded it in the audiobook, it's actually kind of a compromise where I said rattan, which I don't think anybody actually says. So it's sort of like a mid-Filipino American accent. So I don't know. Like, I guess it's, it has become unique to me as the way I would say it in America. I'm partially proud of the fact that people would hear several languages and a bunch of different accents. 
some of which I'm more proud of than other accents. I feel like I'm more successful doing a Filipino accent because I grew up in the Philippines, more successful doing French because I studied French for a long period of time. And I hope people can forgive me for my various English accents because that's one type of accent that I haven't really studied extensively except for living with a British person for several years. Okay, dream narrator, living or dead. Obviously, given the fact that I express such worship for her in the book, Leia Salonga would be the obvious narrator. But then I also think to myself that perhaps a trans person should be the best narrator for this book. And the person that I can think of immediately off of the top of my head is a young actress named Eve Lindley who has appeared in various TV shows and movies. You know, she's a name who I think is going to get big, you know, like in the next couple of years. And I both love her as an actress, and I also know her to be an extremely, extremely conscientious person. So I'm sure she will get all of the accents right and would be able to learn enough Tagalog to be able to read in Tagalog for the audiobook. I listen to so many audiobooks. I listen to probably like at least five a month. The last one that I listened to was My Education by Susan Choi, which was a wonderful, wonderful audiobook told from the perspective of a young biracial Yale graduate student who gets involved in a really sort of clandestine affair. It's a page turner, you know, like I couldn't stop listening to it. And yeah, like I listened to it, I think over the course of half a day and then turned around and listened to it all over again because Susan Choi is a wonderful writer. And I think first person novels in particular, especially with narrators who are really, really amazing are, you know, so immersive and wonderful. I listen to audiobooks everywhere, but I guess walking through the woods close to my house in the Catskills taking a long one-hour walk. There's like a lake a mile and a half from us. Taking that walk and back while listening to an audiobook is like one of my favorite things to do in life. And now, listen to a clip from my audiobook. Among my people, it is a widely held belief that an infant would become whatever its mother had craved. Sugar, and a child would turn out sweet, for instance or plantains, and the baby would grow sturdy. Pregnant women were therefore advised not to spend too much time in the sun, and certainly not to stare at it directly, for fear that their baby would be born a nakarao, a sun child, the strangest creature whose skin was so pale it glowed, and who couldn't open its eyes except to squint, destined to be nearly blind, an affront against nature. Hi, this is Susan Burton. I'm the author of Empty, a memoir. I wrote my book because I couldn't write anything else. My book is a memoir of the eating disorders that defined my adolescence and my adulthood too, though I didn't realize that until I was in my 40s. I started writing this book after I'd signed a contract to write a very different book, a cultural history of teenage girlhood mixed with some of the story of my own adolescence. As soon as I wrote the first draft, it was clear to me that the story I wanted and needed to tell 
was the one about my own teenage girlhood, not about teenage girlhood writ large. But it took me almost a decade to get the courage to write honestly and nakedly about the eating disorders that had defined those years. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be revealing. Empty is a very personal book about my struggle with eating disorders. I'm in recovery, but I'm not yet recovered. And reading the book aloud was a really interesting gauge of what is still unresolved for me. For example, like the passages about my body, about how I felt about my body or inside my body. I felt electric reading those. But by contrast, a passage about a binge, that's something that once would have filled me with shame. But now I'm able to regard my younger self with more compassion. Narrating my audiobook was both easier and harder than I expected. Here's what was easier. I work at the podcast and radio show This American Life. The stories we record for our show are a lot shorter. (laughs) They're not book length. So we work in smaller chunks and we do, you know, dozens of takes. Recording the audiobook of my memoir was much more fluid than what we do on the show. And because of that, it was easier to immerse myself in the feeling and arc of the story, to lose myself in it. And from a technical perspective, it was also easier not to have to cut the voice tracks myself. Here's what was harder than I expected. What was harder is that I recorded the book during stay-at-home orders in New York. So where I'd anticipated being in the studio at Random House, instead I was in, I am in, a closet on the top floor of the brownstone where I live in Brooklyn. So throughout the recording, there's been lots of pausing for Airplanes, helicopters, sirens, even loud birds, and for my own children, you know, shoving their chairs back from their desks during remote learning. I realized I had trouble pronouncing satiety. I hope I'm pronouncing it right now. Satiety, as in being satiated, as in being satisfied. So it's kind of a, you know, it's not a word we say in everyday conversation. It's kind of a medical, nutritional, psychological word. But it does have real symbolic meaning, I think. My book is called Empty because that's the state I preferred to be in for a really long time. And the fact that I couldn't pronounce this word, I think is telling. I think I'm really still learning how to nourish and satisfy myself. I'm still learning how to feel satiated, still learning how to feel full. I'm excited about something really general, but also fundamental, which is to share my story with listeners. Telling my story has connected me with others, and I hope that this book encourages listeners to share the stories of their own struggles and seek connections of their own. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Zasha Mamet. You might know her from the TV show Girls. She's written about her own experience of eating disorders, in particular about the importance of understanding them as addictions, as well as the importance of telling our stories, of bringing them to the light. And now, listen to a clip from Susan Burton's Empty. 
Cultural histories of eating disorders start with the saints. Personal histories start with first diets. Diet is a strange word, one that describes both a deviation from the norm and the norm itself, the foods that make up a day, a week, a lifetime. From the beginning, my diet was a big part of my story, even the one others told about me. All babies like rice cereal, my mother will say, but you didn't. In the high chair, I would tighten my lips and turn away. Hi, this is Gail Caldwell, author of Bright Precious Thing, a memoir. I wrote this book because it started as a series of essays, and then I realized pretty quickly that all of them were connected. The greatest connector of them all was a five-year-old girl who became a sort of co-narrator and my inspiration. Recording the audiobook was actually wonderful, and if I had to describe it in one word, it would be intense. I say that because I'm standing in a very small walk-in closet, which is a euphemism really for a scooch-in closet, and my producer and sound engineer are both in different cities, and we've had this very intense experience in the closet for three days which is very unusual and has turned out to be really wonderful. For words and phrases that I had trouble pronouncing, you know, I'm always really careful about this, and my producer is even more so. And so we had all the words, the Latin phrases, and the places like me lie and pronunciations that we knew were going to be difficult. And then I got to the word shush, (laughs) and I couldn't say it. I mean, I think we all, like, collapsed about six times. That was probably the hardest sentence in the book was to say, she shushes me. See? You know, I am proud of this narration. And actually, the reason that I am is what I just said. I feel like it was an amazing collaboration. I had met my producer before. I've not met my sound engineer. A friend of mine who lives next door helped me put everything together. And it was really, talk about it takes a village. I feel like we produced this creation among everyone involved and some people not involved. So that's a great thing to be able to do in this hard time, to have done this good thing. You know, it's funny, memoir is so first person. And other books I've written have been read by other people. And there's always a moment when you just, ah, you're like, oh, it has to be I, I, because it was my story. So if I was going to cast someone, I think I would cast Louise Erdrich for two reasons. One, the book is dedicated to her, and so she knows everything in it, some of it very personally. And second, she is a wonderful reader. So that makes me happy just to think about The last audiobook that I loved was Claire Bloom reading Madame Bovary. Isn't that an odd choice? But it was so intense, and her voice is so beautiful that it lived up to the novel. And now, listen to a clip from Gail Caldwell's Bright, Precious Thing. My Samoyed is looking out the glass storm door to the street when I see her ears go back with pleasure. Tyler walks in and crouches down to nuzzle the dog, who outweighs her by about 15 pounds. 
and then announces herself with the usual certainty, as though she's on a tight schedule and has been gone only a few minutes. We had early release, she tells me, so I was able to get here on time. Tyler is five and lives two doors away and passes my house on her way to the neighborhood park. She has the countenance of a small superhero. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening. For more behind-the-mic content and audiobook recommendations, visit www.penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash next listen.